Good morning and welcome to our daily word of prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So we get in the word of God and we're talking about the Beatitudes, where Jesus tells us how we can be truly blessed in life, how our life can be spiritually prosperous, uplifted, filled with joy and happiness. It's different than the way of the world. And that's what we understand. We do march to a different drummer. And ours is the way of ultimate victory and ultimate joy. And in spite of our circumstances, in the world, our joy comes because of our circumstances. And God wants us to be people who rise above even negative circumstances and the storms of life so that we have his joy and his victory and his inner peace, no matter what circumstances we're facing. The Beatitudes are where Jesus lays out eight points, eight qualities that each one of us should strive for in our own life and in those we care about, those in our family, those that we were trying to disciple for Christ. We should be praying these for our church, our nation. These are qualities that that make people really special in the kingdom of God. Let's go ahead and look at the second one today, which is found in Matthew 5, verse 4, where we read, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be, oops, I said, I misprinted there. They shall be comforted is the word. They shall be comforted. That's my mistake. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Mourning? Mourning is a good thing? Mourning is something that would bring us joy and peace and spiritual prosperity and victory? Well, yeah, because mourning can deepen our capacity for joy. Mourning is a part of our human, it's part of who we are, made in the image of God. Yes, there's even times God mourns. In fact, Jesus mourned or wept, shall we say, twice in Scripture. You ready? Number one, he wept at the death of Lazarus. He was over in Bethany on on the east side of the Mount of Olives. And there he, when Lazarus had died and he was met by Mary and Martha, and he saw the, the brother or the sisters of Lazarus, and he saw their grief over the loss of Lazarus, his friend Lazarus. It says simply in John eleven thirty five. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He wept and he mourned the loss of Lazarus. He wept as he saw the pain and the hurt and the suffering and the loss that Mary and Martha were feeling. This is a very this is a godly emotion. Jesus was was expressing the heart of God here. And God understands our loss, and often our mourning is over something that we've lost, particularly perhaps a loved one, or something of great, someone of great value to us. <clears throat> and Jesus understands that pain. We, we weep, we, we, we have sadness, not as those without hope, because we have hope of the resurrection and hope of eternal life, but still we have sadness. The other time Jesus wept <clears throat> was found in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And verse 41 and, and following, it says Jesus was, he'd come, he was right on, now on the west side of the Mount of Olives, interesting. And it was right before his triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. 
and he's overlooking the city of Jerusalem. There he sees the temple. He sees the temple mount. He sees the city. He sees the walls. And he realizes that that the city is going to be destroyed brick by brick, stone by stone. The whole thing is going to be torn apart because they had rejected him. And they rejected, and they're going to they're going to be experiencing God's judgment for the rejection of the Messiah. <clears throat> and it caused him to weep. He wept over their lostness. He wept over their hardness of heart. He wept over their sinfulness. He wept over the fact that they were going to be experiencing. That he wept that they were rejecting him and would soon experience the judgment of God for that rejection. Yes, Jesus wept. Jesus mourned. He sometimes mourns our personal loss. He mourns the lostness of others. He mourns the judgment that others will experience, the consequences of their sin. I do think, though, that the major thing that Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount has to do with a mourning over our sin. It springs from the the, uh, beatitude right before it, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, or maybe more literally, blessed are those who recognize their spiritual poverty, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so those who are come, have come to grips with the reality of their own lostness, their own sinfulness, this leads to, uh, next, this the second beatitude here, perhaps a mourning, a sorrow, sadness, a deep sadness over their own sinfulness. And this is certainly very, very appropriate. As I said yesterday, people who have a genuine awareness of their spiritual poverty and a sadness over it, and then come to salvation in Christ, are far more likely, I believe, for their salvation to really stick, for their salvation to last, for their salvation to be real. They realize they were sick, they were lost, they were, they, and, and, and they're grieved. They're grieved at how they've hurt God. They're grieved at how they've damaged their own life. They're grieved at, at what their sin has done. And so when, when they hear the message of Christ, it's like water to a person uh, thirsty in the desert. It's water to their soul, it's salvation to their soul, and it's meaningful. So often we tell people Jesus can save them from their sins, and if they don't realize they're a sinner, I mean, deep in their soul, understand they're a sinner against God so that they understand their spiritual poverty, and they've even mourned over it, then this offering them salvation, offering them Jesus, isn't that big of a deal? It's kind of like you know offering 10 bucks to a millionaire. Yeah, nice, but who cares? It's, he doesn't really need it. But on the other hand, you just, when, you, when they understand their poverty of spirit, it's more like offering a million bucks to a homeless person, if you know what I mean. And so we want to help people understand this. And in our own lives, we want to understand our own spiritual poverty and have a sense of mourning over it. Now, Paul talked about this with the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, there was a man who was living in sin. He was actually involved in an immoral, godless relationship with his stepmother, his father's wife, perhaps of another, uh, not his own mother, but his father's wife of another, uh, another wife. And he was sleeping with her. 
And everybody knew it. And they weren't doing anything about it. They were just kind of turned the other way or being tolerant or whatever they were doing, but they weren't taking a stand against this blatant immorality in the church. This was someone in the church doing this. And Paul rebuked them strongly in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and he, and he said, you're, you're boasting, you're, it's not good, you, you, you've got the wrong attitude here, you should be judging this. A little leaven leavens the lump. A little leaven in the church, a little sin in the church, and the whole church is going to go bad when this is happening. And so he writes a pretty strong letter of rebuke, and it hurt. It was painful for them to hear. In 2 Corinthians, he writes, and he's talking about this situation, and he says, uh, he, he says this, now I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, because his letter made them quite sorrowful, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance, for you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow, now this is important, the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. And so when we talk about mourning and sorrow over our sin, it's important that we understand this distinction. Godly sorrow produces repentance. Godly sorrow, godly mourning, produces a change. Godly sorrow says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to do what I should do. I'm, there's going to be fruit in my life. And this is good. This leads, he says, to salvation. This leads to genuine fruitfulness in our lives. Worldly sorrow is different. Worldly sorrow just gets depressed. Worldly sorrow just feels guilty. Worldly sorrow just wallows in our sadness and doesn't really act on it. And that is a, he says, that leads to death. Be careful. I know Christians who are always walking around with a cloud over their head. Oh, I'm so bad, bad, bad. I'm so sinful, sinful, sinful. And they're just always walking around depressed and, and overwhelmed and down and discouraged, and there's no joy in their life. There's They never move beyond that sadness into a place of of comfort and forgiveness from God. And that's dangerous. As you've heard me, you come here regularly, you know that I often talk about we need to focus on Christ and his forgiveness and our salvation, our redemption. Yes, if you sin, be aware of it, turn from it, confess it, repent it uh, over it, mourn over it if you will. Mourn over it and say, oh God, I, I hurt you by what I've done. I am so sorry for what I did. But on the other hand, don't spend your entire day just trying to find fault with yourself, just trying to find what sin you might have committed, just constantly introspective in such a way that you're, you, there's a cloud hanging over your head that you're just a terrible, 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 terrible person. You may have been that way before you were in Christ, but now you're in Christ. You've, you've realized your poverty of spirit. You've mourned over your sin. You've turned to Christ. You've received His forgiveness and His comfort. Now, should you sin? Yes, repent, and you can mourn over it. But, but move forward. Claim your forgiveness. Stand in the victory. Walk, walk, walk in the way of Jesus Christ. God, 
understand this. When you're lost, the devil's trying to convince you you're not that bad. Don't be poor of spirit. Be proud in your spirit. You're a pretty good person. But once you get saved, the devil changes the strategy. Now he's constantly accusing you, wanting you to feel you're terrible. He wants to beat you down. He wants you to walk around with a sullen face and always defeated, thinking you're terrible, terrible. No, you are a child of God. Mourn over your sin, but then allow him to comfort you. And as he comforts you, walk in that comfort. Walk in that victory. Our righteousness doesn't come because I've performed well or you've performed well. Our righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? This is good news. This is what we want to claim. This is what we want to believe. Let God comfort you. If you have sinned, let him comfort you. Again, I misprinted earlier, but Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. God will bring you his salvation if you let him. That salvation in Jesus Christ. And then you walk in that comfort. You enjoy that victory. You enjoy that forgiveness. Enjoy that salvation. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, we confess. We're, we, we, we're, apart from Jesus, we are lost. We pray that we would have that poverty of spirit that realizes our own lostness, our own sinfulness. We pray that we'd have a mourning, Lord. And I pray for some of us here, Lord, we need to mourn at our salvation, but some of us need to mourn now. We've really tolerated sin in our lives. We've, we've excused it. We've engaged in it. We've put up with it. And it's destroying us and it's hurting you, Father. And I pray, Father, that when we sin, we would mourn in a way that is the godly sorrow that produces repentance and leads to salvation. Protect us from just wallowing in self-pity and misery and sadness. Help us, Lord, to experience your victory and your comfort and and to rise up in Christ and walk in that victory. We pray for this, for this day and every day. And we pray for our country, Father. We pray that we would, there's so much pride. We pray there'd be a greater awareness than those we're around, those in our family, those in our nation. A greater awareness of of our own poverty of spirit and a mourning over the way we have offended you by our sin. A mourning that would lead to repentance and salvation. We pray these things and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Wow, the word's powerful. Thanks for being with me today. I hope this has been a encouragement and a helpful and instructive to you. We're here every day. So if you're new, I hope you'll join with us regularly. I hope you like the video, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends about it, and make a commitment to be here day by day. I guarantee you, you come here every day, the next few months, Your life will be different. The Word of God will change you. I know it. Those of you who are here every day, thank you for the opportunity to be sowing the good seed of God's Word on your life. I know it's bearing fruit. So until we meet tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. live, or you can watch later in the day or even hear the podcast if you prefer. Until we meet then, I love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.